Okay, so um, I am uh, Gary Williams and I'm uh, joined today by Terence Ritchie. Um, Terence, do you want to just uh, introduce yourself for us, please? Yeah, thank you, Gary. Yeah, um, Terence Ritchie, as, as Gary said, I'm a partner at EMW Law, which is um, a full service law firm with offices in Milton Keynes, Gatwick and London. Um, I've worked with Gary now and known Gary for a fair few years now so um we we've worked together in different shapes and forms haven't we we have and we've cycled together and we've <laughs> drunk beer together and all of yeah. it is fantastic um Definitely. and i really am grateful for you uh giving up some time today terence um i, I wondered because obviously the the theme here is uh you know we talk about the reluctant salesperson the unnatural salesperson mm. and clearly a lot of professional services firms have a lot of those people in you know they're experts at what they do whether it be contract law whether it be litigators whether it be real estate as in, in your case um and a lot of, of them would consider themselves an expert first and a, and a salesperson second yeah but of course you don't employ out and out professional salespeople, so you expect your technical experts to do the selling and some do that better than others, clearly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the impact of the last 12 months of the lockdowns, in plural. Uh, and and what, what, what's been the impact on client management and business development for you? Um, well, I think probably similar to lots of firms in professional services, it's been, I, I suppose, challenging um is, is is one word to describe it um certainly very different to anything that we've ever experienced i think um when you're in a client facing role you assume that you are going to have the ability to see clients contacts face to face engage um do all those things that for a natural salesperson or somebody in a more sales orientated role probably takes for granted and then when you don't have that you have to think on your feet as to how you can try and do it in different ways. When you then throw into the mix, certainly in our business, we want everyone to try and contribute towards the client management business development piece. Mm -hmm. um, and there are different ways and means in which they can do that. I think it's very challenging all of a sudden to try and shift the mindset around, actually, we don't want you to be, well, you can't go out and about seeing people or, um actually now it's all about how can we try and re retain that contact with clients continue communicating with clients how can we attract potential new clients whilst doing it from the comfort of all of our own respective homes and um that's been, been the massive challenge is trying to look at other ways but then also engage a team around doing things slightly differently yeah, yeah. and and how do you think your client relationship or you know sometimes talk about client experience management managing the client experience if you were to put your finger on it what's changed um i suppose that for some clients there's there's greater intimacy in terms of the relationship because we've been able to help them through difficult periods um i think when the pandemic first hit and we went into lockdown here in the, in the UK, um, it was very much us trying to sort ourselves out quite quickly, but then try and then look at how we might need to be helping our clients. And 
the issue there I found was, well, at what point do you, everyone's fighting their own battles in, in April and May, just trying to, in some cases, survive, in some cases to try and adapt. Um, and uh, yeah, I think from, from our perspective, it was very much a case of, well, how do we offer something useful, something beneficial, something that shows that we care about what we do and how we do it and who we do it with. Um, and I think that's led us to, to try and be more openly communicative. I think it's certainly, it's given rise to much more reaching out conversations that maybe didn't necessarily happen before. In lawyers aren't necessarily always the best law firms to have. I'm just calling you for a catch up, Gary. How are, how are you doing? Um, usually you'd be sat there thinking, well, um, what's he, what, what sort of, what, what am I trying to, what's he trying to sell me? Um, I think from, from my perspective and what we tried to really instill into the team was actually we should be doing that. We should be reaching out just to touch base and see how people are, how businesses are faring. We, we launched a, a whole array of support services for clients across different sectors. Mm -hmm. um, some of it um, at no cost. Some of it was very much geared at, look, here's a, a suite of documents or a suite of initial high level advice around what you need to be thinking about take this away and if you need our further assistance then come back and let us know but it was very much all about trying to have that line of communication that perhaps we wouldn't have done in ordinary times unless a client picked up the phone and said actually I need help with a lease or I've got this debt could you help me with that I think we actually felt we needed to be doing more which is quite ironic actually given that we were forced into it well it's I suppose that's a, that's you know a good outcome that that delivering value to your clients without charging for it is certainly something that I, I find that it, it it is the norm in terms of marketing. You know, you you mm -hmm. can't you can't compete unless you are giving that kind of value to your clients because a lot of your competitors will be be doing it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so if it's, you know, if it's forced you into that road, that, that's probably a good thing, as you say. One thing that you said that really struck me there was that in some cases, your client relationships, the intimacy levels has, has increased, um, even though you're, you're remote. Tell yeah. me more about that. Yeah, well, I, I think certainly when I look at my own sort of clients and contacts that are that I work with and certainly again across the department which um, I, I, I sit in with the, the various lawyers doing different parts of, of real estate um, we, we were quite clear early early on and I think this was probably off the back of a conversation or I think Equestas arranged for um, a webinar around sort of how to deal with the initial communication piece with clients how you can reach out in an effective way and it was some of those themes I was able to take away and actually take back to to the team to say look this is we need to be thinking around how we're looking after our clients what I don't want is my team to be just going silent um, and clients thinking well we haven't heard from EMW for months on end um, I wanted us to be proactive. I wanted us to be thinking, yeah. even just a telephone call, just a, a, a drop in an email, look, appreciate X client, you may be working in retail or you may be working in whichever sector. 
hope everything's okay. Um, you, if, if you need any help or if you need us to put you in touch with people who might be able to help you, we've got a, a wide array of network, a, a wide ranging network. We know lots of people, you just have to shout. And um, I think it was important in the initial phase to do that. I think what we then saw quite quickly, which is probably reflective of um, <laughs> that was going to happen, Gary, just right. two seconds. Okay. Hi, so welcome to this uh, recording uh, live here with uh, Terence Ritchie. Um, we're, I'm Gary Williams from Questus, and we're going to be talking about uh, business development and client relationship management through the lockdown and, and the impact that it's had. And we may sort of veer off into other areas as well. Hi, Terence. Thank, thanks very much for joining us. Gary. Um, yeah, do you want to just introduce yourself first of all? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as Gary said, uh, my name is Terence Ritchie. I'm a real estate partner at EMW Law. Um, we're a full service law firm um, with offices in Milton Keynes, London, and Gatwick. Um, and uh, yeah, I've known you, Gary, and worked with you in various shapes and forms for the well, probably 10 to 12 years now. And um, yeah, obviously, always keen to support you and, and learn from you in, in uh, all the various shapes and forms of business development, client management and everything else. So um, thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you. And uh, thank you for those kind words. And uh, of course, it's not just business. We've enjoyed a few cycle rides and a, and a few beers and a, and, a, and a few bites to eat. And they've all been glorious. You're not supposed to. That was, yeah, keep that quiet. But yes, always enjoyable. That's, that's the, uh, the most enjoyable part. For sure. Balance life, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, obviously, the uh, as I said in the, in the introduction there, that one, one of the things I really would like to explore with you is the, the state of business development, client relationship management, you know, the, what's worked, what hasn't, how it's been for the last oh, longer than 12, people say, tw we keep saying 12 months, but it's actually more like 14 or 15 months now mm -hmm. since. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we ended that first lockdown. So, so how's it been, Terence? Um, well, I think from from my perspective personally, having sort of um, been responsible for managing a team, and I do have a a, um, a a business development remit, client relationship management remit within our business, mm -hmm. it's been um, extremely challenging. Um, I think what struck me last year was not really knowing where the pandemic was heading and I think everyone starts to think about their own particular part of the world in business and wanting to make sure that they firstly survive. Um, I think then what happened was we as an economy and across various different industries and I include law within that we did adapt fairly rapidly to a different way of working and I think things stabilised. Um, but obviously, what has been much more restricted is our ability to do lots of the face-to-face -face meetings, seminars that we might be doing. Um, we might be attending conferences, things like that, where we have that opportunity to be client-facing. Um, and we've had to think of other ways of doing it, whether or not they've been as effective. I'm, I'm not so sure because as a people person, I love being around people and, and thriving off other people's energy and hopefully delivering 
some of my own energy and enthusiasm to a, a conversation and a, a relationship and it's been very difficult for those that are of that ilk to adapt but equally we've had to think on our feet as to how we do things um, so that we try and remain effective in the business development and client management sphere because the clients are still there they still need to be looked after and if we're not looking after them potential um, competitors would be um, and also we were ambitious to, to grow our business and that's been a frustration in itself because we've had to rethink our strategies around doing that so um, I think it's been a very challenging period a different period but I've been pleasantly surprised at how we've adapted I think that's a fair summary would I want it to continue in the same vein <laughs> probably not but um, it, it hasn't been as difficult but it remains challenging for sure sure yeah yeah absolutely so what, what are some of the things that you you've done had to do that, that you look back on and think actually that that was a that was a great move you know that that was that was something that really really did work for us if you could give, give us some examples yeah I, I i suppose um one area we were really looking at trying to um focus much more on let's say the use of social media in in what we do um linkedin presence trying to make sure that we we have a presence but I, I don't think it would have I could honestly say it was anything more than just a presence there were some of us that were trying to utilize it to um, open up new opportunities to stay in touch with existing clients and contacts but there wasn't really an overarching strategy and I think what we had to do um, certainly within real estate my department was to think around pulling together certain people who did use it to then actually have the conversation well how we we can't now see certain people we can't do certain things how can we use social media to continue to drip feed our message out there to stay in touch with people and i think we've been quite effective at that we, we brought together a, essentially a linkedin group um, which has actually been effective more so across the firm we looked at delivering um what would have been seminars to then online webinars. But I think we learned quite quickly that everyone was doing webinars and they were becoming a little bit tedious. There was Zoom fatigue setting quite quickly. How could we try and do it a little bit different? So then we, we looked at doing blogs. Um, we also looked at maybe having a conversational type forum as opposed to a webinar where we bring together three or four experts within our business to talk around a certain theme brexit being one of them we we, we ran a series of three webinars um, where i chaired a panel of um we had a, a lawyer there we had an accountant but coming at it from different perspectives where clients and intermediaries could submit questions but it was very much a conversational type piece as opposed to just a monotone presentation online which uh, we found sometimes didn't have the effect that we wanted it to so most of those roundtables went quite well, did they? I mean, that's that's people like to get involved in those conversations. Yes, I, I, I actually, if you prepare, I found an outline structure around the, the sort of issues that you want to cover off, who you want to bring into play at a certain point in time. Mm -hmm. Actually, the the 
as a, a, a method of delivering a quite a conversational type piece, it works really well. And fairly recently, we did one just purely um, EMW where we discussed um, the retail sector, for instance, this was um, bringing together myself, um, one or two others in different areas of the firm, different disciplines, but coming at it with a retail slant. And it was quite a conversational piece. And the feedback we got from that from clients and um, and others who attended was really positive. They liked the fact that they could see us as colleagues. There was a bit of humor and banter between us, but delivering a, a, a serious message, actually giving some good outline advice around certain issues. But um, there were quite a few comments around, we enjoyed just the relaxed nature and seeing how you as a team interacted, albeit online, um, which was actually nice. It, it was good fun and we're looking to do more of that if if we if we're forced to continue to do it in an online forum those conversational type panels actually work quite well i might be asking you to uh, to come and sit on one at some stage so uh... oh, i'd be delighted i'd be delighted <laughs> I, I, you know i think that that kind of thing is some of the best marketing because it, it often gets talked about that in order to uh, motivate a client to come and work with you or to even to sort of come and talk to you about the potential of working with you, they have to know, like, and trust you before they're, yeah. they're ready to do that. And the fact that you can be really real and authentic and, you know, have a bit of fun with your colleagues, but as you say, at the same time, deliver a, a pertinent, relevant message and add some value with some, some advice. You know, they're, they're the kind of things that really work because people think to themselves, oh, you know, these are these these lawyers are really nice people you know they they do exist yeah. they are they're, they're like me you know and, and, and i think that clients often think well, you're a lawyer so i get that you know the technical side of things but do you get me and, and that's yeah. the, that's the bit that tips them over the, the, from i'm potentially interested in working with you to actually no let's have a conversation yeah those sorts of round tables really tick that box don't they yeah I, I, absolutely i think what really worked is it brought um our personalities out and I, I think it brought us as lawyers and a law firm more to life it wasn't just a as I mentioned, a monotone delivery of a, a set legal topic. It was very much conversational. And so, Terence, actually, what do you think? Well, in my experience, to be honest with you, this is what I think is probably likely to happen. But I've seen clients where it's gone totally the opposite way. But the 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 attendees really enjoyed the fact that you were able to give that insight, but they saw us then uh, bouncing off each other. Um, and, yeah, as I said, it, it just... It, gave it a bit more personality it it showed us off for we think we're a great bunch we think we've got a great group of people in our law firm but but we only often most people will never see that um and and for us to be able to deliver something like that online i think there's a whether or not we would get people wanting to come into an office to see that sort of thing i don't know but i think there's certainly longevity in doing that sort of thing online where we had um an in-house um legal counsel webinar and what 100 120 attendees on the call from all over the country and what that forum does is give you that scope to actually attract a much wider audience because we wouldn't have had people coming from manchester leeds exeter um 
but actually we will be able we were able to deliver a positive message about the firm and a positive message about lawyering in general that we're not all um sort of sat behind a, a desk with rows of you know the traditional image of lots of law books and um that's far you you'll you have an insight into people's living rooms bedrooms wherever it is that they're working um and i think that's humanized yeah. a lot around what we do and that's that's a good thing that has to be a good thing yeah because this the, the facade has been knocked over hasn't it and yeah uh, I know a lot, a lot of a lot of organisations have their their background, uh, which is kind of like the, the corporate background. I, I prefer, like you know, come into my home. You know, yeah. let's take down those those guards, those barriers, and you know, come into my my home and let's have a chat and let's be be real. I think that that really you've used the word humanised, which I like, and it, it, it's it's made it much more uh, intimate, the relationship perhaps, and you know, getting taking time at the beginning of a call to, you know, just ask how things are, how you're doing genuinely, uh, what's yeah. going on with you. And, you know, cause we, we, we are, we're all forced, weren't we, into uh, having one big thing in common. Uh, yeah. and, that, uh, and, and that, you know, sad as it is, we can use that to, to build a, a, a conversation and build a relationship yeah. yeah and 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 as much as that applies externally to to clients um i think also internally um it's strengthened many relationships because i think we've actually got to know each other as colleagues a lot better having insight i'll be forever known as having the the puppy who constantly interrupts zoom calls barking or chewing up my ankles but even now if people, if I'm speaking to somebody or I meet somebody face to face for a coffee, they'll say, "Oh, how's Arlo? How's the dog?" Right. Uh, and uh, so uh, he's forever synonymous with with Terence working at home during the pandemic, and I think that's a nice thing. Um, nice thing. I mean, I, as you know, I have a dog too, and she's contributed to a few of my training sessions and coaching sessions, <laughs> meetings, and uh, it's it's just not it's not an issue, is it? Because that's that's real life. Yeah, back to, to one of the things that you said that I'd just like to uh, touch on. So, you talked about introverts and, and extroverts, and you, like me, are are an extrovert. In that, what that really means is that you get your energy from people. And yeah, you, I think, probably like me as well. Is you can find a screen, particularly back to back, day by day quite energy sapping even though yes. there's a human being on that screen it's the fact that it's 2d and, and the fact that you uh you don't get that that contact i mean god i hope we get back to shaking hands with people um because yeah. that that kind of that's a, a point where two human beings who don't know each other are, are allowed to that that degree of intimacy and it's it's a thing that um if you if you talk about NLP, which I, you know, I know you 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 know about and understand, yeah. Yeah. an important moment in a relationship is just just that physical nature of it. Um, but I have been reading and speaking to people, and um, actually the 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 lockdowns have suited some people. Like, you know, in, introverts who get energy from within um, have, have you know adapted much better. Um, yeah. Um, you know, an, an introvert will typically, I think, be a, 
probably a better listener naturally yeah because yeah. they you know they, they really do have to tune in whereas and i know this is stereotypical and i don't mean this in every case but an extrovert's tendency is to want to talk more mm. Uh, so have you got have you looked at your people or your teams and, and seen how some people have adapted better than others and maybe how it's manifested yeah and I think some of what you say resonates I'm thinking of different people in in, in, in my team um, some of whom um, for instance don't consider themselves to be massively people focused or didn't prior to the pandemic but actually now uh, and and thought that they would be quite happy being tucked away at home but actually now I can't wait to get back into the office I think there are the introverts as, as you've mentioned who um, are quite comfortable working within their own space and don't need that sort of injection of energy that others might to, to help keep them motivated and focused um, and and then you've got the other end of the spectrum, I suppose, are those that have struggled in terms of um, being cocooned up at home when actually they love being around people and their colleagues and sharing ideas and bouncing things off each other. What do you think about this? I've got this case here. What do you think about that? How would you deal with that sort of thing in your experience? And I think at home, yes, you can still pick up the phone, but invariably that's almost become much more intrusive than moving across an office space to say, oh, sorry, Gary, can I just quickly ask you something? When you're working at your, a phone call now or a Zoom call, you almost need to have to manufacture an opportunity to speak to a colleague. And I think that's what might have been a, a two minute conversation over the water cooler. We talk about the water cool, cooler type moments or or leaning up, up around your desk and asking a colleague a quick question or did you see that on the tv last night or did you what did you do at the weekend all of a sudden it's much more forced and i think i think everyone's that's been mentally and emotionally quite tiring and i think i've mentioned zoom fatigue and i think that's just this fatigue that surrounds being at home cocooned often on your own i, I feel for I have a wife and two children who are children back at school. My wife works part time, but at least they come home at various stages during the day. And that helps create a bit of a different dynamic. Whereas I know colleagues who might just be working at home in a flat in central London and it's just them. And that's a different kettle of fish. Then their challenges will be very different to mine, which mine's more limited to making sure the dog doesn't bark when the postman arrives or whatever so yeah i do worry about how everyone is because you don't have that visibility no. uh, and i mean that's pertinent isn't it because may is mental health awareness month um, yeah i know it's a subject that is uh one that is important to you and one that yeah. you've studied quite a bit and you know you i, I ask you know, i go to you for advice in this in this space so so what about that then you know the the impact of mental health I mean, it's been well documented, uh, and, there, and there is a—is it a crisis? I don't know that, but that word has been used. Um, but what what steps have you taken to, to to do what you can to support people mentally? Yeah, well, I think the challenge is um, 
when we're used to working in an office environment, um, often, I'm not saying in all cases because it's not all the time, but often you can see if someone needs an arm around them or needs a bit of extra help or needs a bit of time off or needs to be their their workload maybe too high. You can see visible signs of stress. Um, and that's where you would hope in a workspace, workplace, where those sorts of things are very um, recognised and take, taken seriously as they should be, that you can act on that very quickly. My concern throughout all of this is has been that you tuck everyone away at home and as I said, you you lack the visibility. You sense that people are stressed or or might be really busy, but how are they actually coping? Um, and sometimes even a telephone call still doesn't get you the desired end outcome. How are you? Well, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. But you can tell just over the telephone that somebody isn't, but seeing somebody face to face would really help from a, a, an empathy perspective, really help that person to understand that there are people who want to try and help and make things better. Um, and, and I think also the person who's trying to help can see more visibly how that person is and what they might need to try and do and pull in other people to try and help. What we've tried to do, probably similar to lots of other organisations, is, is have regular team calls, but people have become tired of those. We've, we've had social things. When we've had the opportunity through the various stages of lockdown, when things have, haven't been as strict, we, we've got people together for walks, for coffees, and, and, and it's great now at the moment that things are on an upward curve that we, we're now talking about doing bringing slightly more people together that we haven't been able to do for months on end. And there is excitement around that. I haven't seen X person for oh, X number of months or yeah, I've spoken to them, but I just, it'd be lovely to see them face to face. And I don't know about you, but having been into the office, certainly during from January through to now for the odd day here and there, when I have seen colleagues, it's been, super so uplifting in terms of that sense of it's so nice and you it almost it feels like you've been lifted up and you get in the car to drive home later on in the day and it's been a you just really appreciate how much having that opportunity to see other people your colleagues sometimes doing totally different roles to you within an organization um can be really good sometimes you get an insight into a world that you might not have otherwise seen in a fully busy office Monday to Friday because you just wouldn't have that time but in, a, in an office when there aren't many people around actually I'll go and sit with the marketing team or actually I'm going to go and sit around there's a couple of people in in, a, in accounts and you get this understanding of what other people do as opposed to oh blimey what do they all do do all day they don't <laughs> so um I, I think I do worry whether or not there is some form of time bomb um, and how I've seen it with certainly my children going back to school. Um, it hasn't been seamless. I think just getting back into that routine has has had its challenges. And I do wonder when things are more normal in terms of, let's say, a three day week in the office, two days at home how people will react to a different form of routine um 
and whether or not there will be issues because um, I think as humans, we do, a lot of us do tend to crave some degree of certainty. Yeah. And the problem with this period is there's been so much uncertainty. And for those planners amongst us who like to know where we're going on holiday in the summer or where we're, where we're going to go out for a meal at the weekend or where should we take the kids at half term, yeah. actually not having that certainty has played into um, the hands of anxiety, stress. And when you throw in them work, people worried about how is our business doing? How are we going to get new clients? How are we going to look after that client because we can't see them face to face at the moment? It, again, it's more uncertainty around what the future holds. And that's where I see sort of potential issues. Not that they're not in, insurmountable, but I do think we have to be careful as we come out of this for sure. Well, um, I mean, I do want to explore your thoughts about coming out of it, but just, just to stay in this mental health topic for a moment. Um, mm. I picked up recently that uh, that question, how are you? you know, are, are you okay? It, it's really important to ask it twice. And it makes a mm. big difference. Yeah. Because if you say to someone, how are you? I think this might be a, a gender thing. So I think blokes are terrible at this. We, we always say, yeah, I'm quite well. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then if you say it again, are, are you okay? You know, are you okay? You go, well, you know, it, it's sort of, it, 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 it's an invitation, a, a genuine invitation to say exactly what's going on. Um, mm. I, I've, I've used it uh, a few times with friends, in fact, that I haven't seen for ages, and you, you know, you wonder how they're getting on, and uh, it's it's a nice little little one that does genuinely work, I think. And, yeah, know, people to gives people license to open up more. Yeah, I think uh, no, I, I know exactly what you're saying. There's a sort of how are you, and the default response, yeah, I'm fine, and it's almost like this outer layer that you've almost need to breakthrough and say no no I've, I've come through your outer layer no 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 seriously yeah How are you are you okay um and then you then tend to no seriously no i'm fine i've had a bit of it it's been a bit stressy the last week or two or no no i'm fine things are yeah a few months ago i was really struggling but now i'm feeling a lot happier or or you might get the there was one to be honest with you no i'm 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 not in a great place. I feel really stressed with work and I'm stuck at home all the time. So I do think you're exactly right. You do need to be prepared to not dig hugely deeply, but you do need to go back again and say, no, seriously, how are you? Um, which again, in a face-to-face -face situation, often body language will, will, will you can say, no, I'm not buying that. I, I, I know you're, something's not right. I've known you well enough, but for long enough, um, that I can tell everything's not okay. But again, distanced, working from home, down a telephone line or a Zoom call even, um, it becomes much easier to steal yourself. You, you know somebody's going to ask me, am I okay? Am I okay? So you prepare yourself for it and you prepare to do what's necessary to try and deflect it. Or you, which is what I would hope, is you say, well, actually, no, I... I I am struggling a little bit. I could, I haven't seen anyone for, for days. I need to really get out. Okay, look, I'll jump in the car. Let's do something. Or let's, how's your diary tomorrow? Yeah. Even as, as you know, as a 
a fellow cyclist, I, I found um, meeting up when you've been able to just even in pairs just to go out on the bike. Or I've done lots of um, walks with other clients and some business contacts locally um, during um, the sort of lockdown period. Look, are you Friday afternoon? I've had such a week. Do you, are you free? Do you want to sort of go for a walk with the dog if they've got a dog or just go for a walk in the park, grab a coffee? I think it's really important to lift yourself out of that routine because otherwise it can be quite dark, especially in winter and the winter we've had. Um, yeah, it was a tough one, all right? It was a tough one. Yeah, yeah. It was never ending. I think I, I look back to how I think about it. We, we were really busy through the run up to Christmas. And then there was the talk of this lockdown. And all of a sudden, you come off the back of Christmas, not having really seen any family and friends because you weren't able to do so. And then everything's shut down in January, the worst possible month. Mm. Um, when usually the only positive thing to think about is where you're going to go on summer holiday. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the thought of even that was, was, was a distant memory. And I think um, you throw in then um, work uncertainties, work stresses, and where, where is this actually headed? Um, and I think yeah. January, January was a, a, a horrible month for lots of people, yeah. um, for sure. Yeah. I agree. It wasn't, it wasn't any fun. Um, but look, things are brightening up right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, in more ways than one, you know, physically and economically. Um, it, it does feel quite, well, I, I feel quite optimistic, I think. Uh, I think that it, it almost sort of coincided with the, with the clocks changing for me <laughs> as, as we sort of came out of the, the winter and in, into spring that, I, I mean, I've just generally had more conversations with clients. I had more uh, more people come, coming to us seeking to uh, potentially work with us. We had yeah. some clients that have been dormant for a while coming back and saying, right, we're ready to do stuff. So, so really, you know, spring-like really feels like people are getting back at it and investing in their people and growing as a business and, and individually and so mm. what, what about you are you are you feeling the same sort of optimism and you know obviously we started this call talking about you know you've got a lot of people who are reluctant salespeople. pandemic no pandemic um what, what's your plans about getting out there and you know really kind of drumming up business now that mm. things are lifting uh, it's timely, actually, because um, we had a, a, a team call on one area of BD um, this morning and we were talking exactly just that around the the there is a willingness now. And I think the difference between now and last year is people as were much more cautious around going out, even if they could do um, because it was all around us. I think the vaccination effort has given people much more confidence that actually if we're allowed to go out then then we should do so what we're trying to really focus on is ramping up the opportunity to see people face to face um uh, i think that is the key thing that lots of people have missed i think that said we will still continue to pursue sort of strategies we've employed in in regard to i mentioned earlier social media um we will continue to deliver um certain types of 
events online. Um, we will continue to collaborate with other organizations to do similar things. But no, I, our sense as a business is that um, we've weathered two storms, I suppose. There's been the pandemic and then you've thrown into the mix um, Brexit. And although we're still in the early sort of formative period of having left the, the EU properly, and I'm sure that there's still um, a fair amount of um, angst to come out of that. I think the main economic shock, if there was one, has now been felt. Um, and I think when you listen to various economic forecasters and, and where they think the British economy is headed, it seems to be reasonably positive. And I think that's given us and I think people generally more of a positive attitude towards actually well, we either sit around and continue to do this and wait until everyone else is doing it or actually let's let's do it ourselves yeah. um so i think we're very much of the the attitude we have to obviously comply with all the various regulations and the regulations could change but we're planning that we are going to be able to do a lot more as the summer sort of opens up more um and so that's what we're trying to encourage our people to do see people see clients see contacts face to face offer up the opportunity to go and see them or um, at their place of business um yeah. I, I think it's important that we do that and we sort of almost come out of this hiatus period and look to really drive our business forward um yeah and i, and I think that's right because clients will be obviously feeling the same as, as everybody else at the end of the day we've all been uh, affected by this thing and we all want to get back to some sort of sense of normality and i think if you you know being really uh, um, authentic with your clients that you know it's it's we really want to kind of rekindle this relationship we would yeah. like to um, meet up with you uh, if you're feeling good about that um you know may, maybe you know outdoor outdoor dining is 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 allowed so and indoor again soon so that kind of thing would be good having a having a you know get together and a bite of lunch i mean let's get back to doing that um, yeah part of the economy needs it as well so so that's yeah sure um but being absolutely prepared to get in the car and go out to your clients uh i think will be really well received yeah i i i think um yeah, there's a the personal benefit of just wanting to get out and 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 to go and see people un, undoubtedly but I, I do also think that um clients generally like to um show show off what they do and where they do it and i think it's yeah. it, important that lawyers and like other professional services um often where we are tied to a desk we do use any opportunity to get out and see people clients on their own patch um i funny enough i um have been speaking to a, a, a new client well since last year obviously always via zoom and then last week for the first time had the opportunity to meet up for a, a drink late afternoon and it was fantastic and um the, the conversation sort of didn't really well we didn't really touch upon the sort of business side it was much more building on the bits and pieces that we probably had lost out on over that period because clearly there was a, a good connection between us and um we're now thinking about what 
let, let's do something later on in, in July. Let's do this again. It was really nice. Despite the fact we were sat outside in a, in a freezing cold courtyard of a beer garden, but the things that you will do, but actually it was really enjoyable and, and um, it was a nice thing to do. And, and just to see that client face to face for the first time, I think we learned a lot about each other and I think we actually solidified a relationship that was all always already heading in a certain direction, but you needed that ability to see somebody face to face. Just yeah. gave, you, you talked about that sort of two D Zoom experience as opposed to real life seeing seeing what you can't see on a Zoom camera. The sort of hand movements, the, the or the the human side of being in front of somebody and um, just sharing just. A similar experience being outside being able to have a, a a pint in a beer garden for the first time in a long time um despite the fact that it was about six degrees but hey ho if you wear a warm coat it's all fine it's all good no such thing as bad weather no exactly um no that's good that's good and that, that's probably a good positive note to end our discussion on today um i uh, i really really would like to thank you for your time uh, I, I know it's my pleasure Gary always it's um, as I said it's it's always good to sort of chew the fat with you and um, from a, a client relationship perspective just really share insight as to how things are how things are going I think from from my perspective personally none of us have been through anything like this before and we've had to find our way through it but it's been that much easier finding our way when you've got the likes of you and other people that I know and can bounce ideas off of to help shape what you think is a a, a solid foundation for the way forward um and I think we're all learning um yeah exactly you know what you're right it's about bouncing off uh each other and bringing in people with different levels of expertise and uh, even though none of us have a precedent for what's happened we have helped each other through it so. definitely yeah definitely i think it would have been trying to find you i think if you ask somebody 12 or no it's not 12 months 24 months ago about this sort of event and how we would have coped i think most people would have said probably it was almost um cataclysmic the end of the world and i what we've I've certainly learned is we're far more adaptable and far more able to evolve and do that quite quickly when we need to. Um, and I apply that not just to business. You look at the success of the, the vaccine rollout, how certain things have happened um, under extreme pressure. And I think there's something really positive in seeing how we've dealt with these things from an economic perspective from a health perspective i know it's not been great and, and we're not out of the woods yet but I, I i do think i take comfort from seeing how we do we have adapted when the pressure's on um because inevitably we might face something like this again and um we'll have learned a lot from it i'm sure yeah yeah all right good stuff well again thanks a lot and Enjoy the rest of the day and the week, and I will see you soon. Definitely. Thank you, Gary. You take care. Cheers. See you. All the best. Bye.